Hi, you've tuned in to the Lovely Travels podcast where we talk about all things travel and adventure. My name is Emma Lovell, also known as Lovely, and I have a mission to visit every UN-recognised country in the world while raising awareness for mental health. Join me as we revisit some of my past adventures, speak to fellow travellers and interesting locals, all while following the journey to 195 countries. I'll be joined soon by my co-pilot, Darius, in Germany. And sometimes we're even going to hit the road together. Make sure to join in the adventure by following me on Instagram, Lovely Travels. You can also join our Facebook group, Lovely Travels Community, and learn more about us at the website, lovelytravels.com. But for now, it's listening time. Travel vicariously along with us. Hello and welcome everyone to another episode of the Lovely Travels podcast. Just me alone doing the intro today. Um, thankfully, we are flexible enough to do workarounds like this. Thank you, Emma, for uh, being patient. And sorry, everyone, this episode is a day or two late, depending on where in the world you are. Um, nevertheless, it's another great episode. Um, our happiest repeat customer, Daniel Filand is back um, to talk about the current situation. Um, it's another COVID conversation. So um, yeah, Emma and Danielle um, talk about where they're at now, what it's like for Danielle in Melbourne. Um, they just got out of a lockdown, um, which is great. I think they had the world's longest lockdown, in fact. Um, and uh, yeah, they, they go through what they've learned, you know, a year plus into into this into these crazy times. And um, then we have a part two in this episode. So um, you can listen to their chat that they had around March uh, last year. So from 2020. Um, it's quite interesting to, um, you know, hear how moods have changed, how attitudes have changed. Um, I know my attitude has changed, um, and I think so has theirs. Um, I hope you're all doing well. I hope you have lots of fun listening to this episode, and um, can't wait to catch up with Emma for the next chat. So enjoy, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast, Danielle Filand, our most uh, vis- you know regular guest. Yes, yes, repeat visitor extraordinaire. I love it. Biggest fan, biggest uh, attendee of um, guesting. So that's brilliant. Well done. So we did a fun thing, so fun, so silly, back in about April 2020 um, about this new thing, this new COVID pandemic thing and talking about what things were like in Melbourne, Victoria, Australia. And, uh, you know, sort of said, oh, maybe we'll catch up in a couple of months um and sort of see what's happening and haha maybe in six months or a year when we're out of this we can say what it's like post that well um you know hate to break it to you all but it's august 2021 and we are still here (laughs) it's been quite the roller coaster but um we wanted to catch up with danielle and hear uh what's happening in melbourne victoria now and i'll give a little update of what's happening on the gold coast queensland australia now these are our covid conversations or our covid convos um <laughs> because you know um 
you know, I know we're all sick of it, but we also are in it and it's happening and, you know, like we're all talking about it. It's kind of hard to not. So we're going to have a chat about what's happening now and then listen to our hilarious, optimistic selves from back in April 2020. Sounds like a great plan. <laughs> it will, yeah. Should provide some lol material, everybody, because, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. So what's changed? Uh, well, not a lot has changed in <laughs> sunny Melbourne. Um, we're in lockdown 6.0, so we've been in lockdown over 200 days over the last um, 18 months. And we're back in lockdown. We've got um, five reasons that we can leave home. We can leave home to get groceries, to get a vaccination, which is a new thing, obviously, from this time last year, um, for one hour's exercise a day and to go to work if you're an essential worker or to get um, medical supplies and go to the supermarket. Yeah. I, I can't believe the. I mean, I, I've, you know, it's amazing that you're all keeping count. It feels like it's like lockdown infinity for you guys. But I think that's like you said, 200 days. That's like, I hadn't heard it like that. That's over half a year. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a long time. And, you know, people are homeschooling their kids. The, cl- the schools are shut. Um, childcare has just shut down. So that mm. was opened in this lockdown but it's completely shut down now only available to essential workers so yeah things are things are pretty grim and masks are compulsory inside and outside so even when you're going for your walk you have to wear a mask yeah the walk's hard isn't it it's um here they made it um a strain you had to do strenuous exercise so it used to be that walking was considered exercise and so you didn't have to wear it but then they've said now strenuous and it's like who's drawing the line on what's a power walk and what's a, a stroll you know so you know yeah I guess if you're walking you just have it on don't you yeah and it's a little bit fluid here it says for outdoor exercise it can be exempt and people are obviously choosing what they deem outdoor exercise and the level of activity, look, uh, the masks have dropped off, particularly when people are walking. I notice, and I walk a lot. Yes. <laughs> um, and people, I would say every second person is not wearing a mask, which is pretty disappointing because, you know, one in all in, if we all do the right thing, it means that we all get out sooner rather than later. But people are just fatigued from yep. it all. And I think they've had enough and we all just want to be back to whatever normal we can possibly have and be allowed to, you know, catch up with friends and go for a picnic and see our families and do the the normal things that we used to do, go to movies, go to cafes, go out for dinner, celebrate birthdays, all of that fun stuff that has kind of been sucked out of our lives. It's kind of amazing. Um, I've, like I have some friends who are down in Victoria and like I know some of them had weddings and it's like the, the window must have just been the perfect time because you guys have just had so many look but they had like their full wedding so like the luck of the draw in terms of picking the dates and clearly I do not have said luck because I have <laughs> postponed our wedding party which is um you know we did elope and we did have our lovely wedding but we want to celebrate you know like god I haven't seen you I know. I want to I celebrate. I have seen you. You sent me beautiful flowers last year, which is lovely. <laughs> you know, like 
haven't I haven't got a have a boogie with my friends and um but yeah some people you know yeah there was this time where you guys were fully open mm-hmm. and it just seemed you know with you know with inverted commas back to normal and then now it's just you know and I hear like I've got a couple of friends down there and they've just said to me I won't disclose who they are but they've said I'm we're, we're fatigued. We're, you know, I'm going to the park and I'm finding ways to like, you know, I'll take some wine in a flask or whatever, like, you know, and I'm like, you know, they should be walking the dog, but they're kind of hang, hanging out. And I know that they closed parks or um, playgrounds because that was happening quite a bit. And, you know, who, who are we to go, oh, that's very naughty. Like, you know, when you, you can't say that when you've not been through it. Yeah. And I, yes, like I totally agree. Absolutely, everybody should be doing the right thing. But you can also be like, I, I see why people are finding loopholes and I see why people are, you know, when you've lived under this strict condition that uh, you just had enough. Yeah, that is for sure. And I think, you know, all the novelty of probably the first lockdowns has certainly worn off you know the the Saturday night Skype trivia or Zoom trivia with your friends and the you know online concerts and stuff like that you know yes they're all still happening and they're all well and good but most people I think are, are a bit from that especially when you're spending all your day on meetings for work if you are lucky enough to still be working um and then you just, I don't want to look at a screen <laughs> Well, I'm very honoured that you're here. <laughs> I mean, except for when if you're talking about travel podcasts, yeah, then, you know. About travel, that is a completely different story. Yes. And we are on video because I do like seeing Danielle um, as well as on audio. But, uh, no, no, I get it. And um, someone was saying that they were a bit concerned about that. Um, some, you know, someone who's in the Sydney, which is in a huge, you know, and they're very going through their worst lockdown. But mm-hmm. they said that, you know, in other times, you know, people had been reaching out to each other and had been wanting to do things and that this time we're just finding that people are withdrawing and yeah. you can't reach people and or they don't want to join things, they're not participating and that's not a good sign. Yeah, yeah. I've noticed people are calling more in this mm. less video calls and more just direct phone calls. Yeah. A lot more. Um, people are, are sending things to each other. Like, yeah things which I think is quite nice I'm a big fan of the old-fashioned snail mail and the nostalgic kind of waiting for something in the, in the post box or... I sent you something in maybe lockdown three <laughs> a while yeah. ago. we probably do another another sending something as it and it's funny I get I've, I'm, I'm very generous in this time so I'm like oh I'd love to do this and then I was I think it was last year and it, yeah, it was April was the first time we were all in it and I was like I've got to support local I've got to support local and I probably get a little bit excited with and I was like oh I've also got to support my bills <laughs> like yeah I want to support you all but like in moderation yeah and um you know interesting with the uh like are you doing do you I don't think you do as much but like much um takeaway and stuff this time or are you sort of doing more cooking I'm not a big takeaway person but I do tend to do like the the meal boxes every now and then like where you can kind of prepare it yourself or like I've just done a juice cleanse so <laughs> I was a local provider um I do treat a lot of my like my staff I spoil them rotten and just send them like care packs and um gift cards and things like that because it's tough for everyone and I'm really really happy that 
you know, they're going above and beyond and giving 100% where they can for me. So I treat them um, regularly. Uh, I shop a lot locally. Like I try and support if I'm buying a gift for someone or yeah. instead of buying a voucher, I'll try and buy from a small store. Um, I'm a big Etsy shopper as well for those kind of things to shop to support makers and creatives so definitely into that um but I think this time I've kind of gone into a bit more of like the self-care stuff so I'm actually more things um around you know mindfulness and yoga and um lots more bubble baths and face masks and um you know I think to just calm the situation a little bit because it's really easy to get really frustrated and annoyed and angry and so it's nice to just do some of those more mindful things to just try and keep yourself a little bit balanced and boil yourself a little bit and enjoy the time that you do have in lockdown that's a slower life than we would normally ever have you know I'm normally at the opening of an envelope you know there's a <laughs> Or a new festival or, or a cafe yeah. or a restaurant or, you know, friends are having celebration or whatever. Like I'm I'm really home in, you know, pre-COVID times. So I'm, I guess, trying to look at it in a positive light and go, well, you know, I get the opportunity to clean out my sock drawer. <laughs> Which, yeah, like the Marie Kondo and the, um, the home edit and all that, the organising and that's, you know, yeah, been a big thing. But um no, we were saying before as well, like, um, yeah, it is, uh, you know, as much as, you know, and I can't, can't speak for it as much because we haven't had it anywhere as near as much up here, but I do like the not having to go places because I am someone who also can flit about and go from A to B and stop the car lots and things like that. And it, you know, and I love showing up for my friends and being there and, and if some if I'm invited I'll I'll go. So that I do like having the control of my days and control of my time and it's been an interesting one for us and it's you know, and I've said it a few times to people, it's there's nothing like being in it, but the we have felt it up here. Um because two of the major cities and two, you know, two of the biggest sort of populated states of our country and a lot of people I love, like a lot, a lot of close friends and family are in New South Wales and Victoria. Um, yeah, it's just we felt it here. And yeah. it, like it's this weird thing where we are allowed to do things, but you sort of, because we see so much of that, I sort of almost second guess. And we did have a, a very short lockdown the other week. It was actually a week. We expected it to go longer, but it didn't. That was our first one since the big one. Gold yeah. Coast hasn't, hadn't had a had one. Brisbane's had a number of really short ones, but Gold Coast hadn't had one. So that was our first. We knew it. The writing was on the wall with the rest of the country kind of happening. And so the mask things come back, but then now we've our mask restrictions have dropped a lot, still indoors. But you know, every time I go into the hallway, you know, into my even in my house, I'm like, oh, 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 have I, you know, have I forgotten? Or like, oh, am I allowed to do this? Or oh, can I? How far can I go? And we did actually have the blessing of going away um, to the hinterland of the Gold Coast to O'Reilly's the other week. And I called them and said, are you, because we were only meant to do regional and I actually called them and said, are we allowed to come? Like, you know, like yeah. it's just, and it was so interesting. One of the first things you said, actually, a big difference to last year was that the rules, your five things are very clear now. Whereas yeah. when we started last year, 
everything was, and even for a few times, I think they were a bit hazy, weren't they? Or yeah. contradictory. I was even able, my grandma lived in Seymour and I was even able to go to Seymour and assist her and now 5Ks, Seymour's 100Ks, so I won't be going there for quite some time. But, yeah, they're very clear. And, look, I'm actually grateful that they're as clear as they are because I think the, the lack of clarity causes people frust- more frustration and more confusion. So I think we saw that a little bit in Sydney in the first lockdowns. Like it was kind of like you need to determine what's an essential worker. It's up to you. Whereas our rules down here are very clear. So we know we've got this now. We, we know the ropes. <laughs> well, and the one in all in, you know, and I know that you said that you feel like some people aren't doing the right thing as much and we all have to work together and and Melbourne has had that philosophy there's always going to be the people the outliers who go and have you know parties and do the wrong thing um that's just you know humanity but um but in Sydney they're really treating each area so separately and we had the same message up here come on come on Gold Coast come on like like come on we're doing it we're locking down everyone's doing it that's it blanket rules and it, it makes it it makes it a lot simpler. You go, okay, yep, I accept it. Whereas in Sydney, it's like one side of the street's doing something different to the other, or we're allowed to do this, but you're not allowed to do that. And the poor things, it's confusing. Yeah. It's confusing, and it's not fair. There's a lot of um, it's not fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, why can this suburb do this? Why can that? And then you know, and really ostracizing some areas of Sydney and and profiling really, and it's getting quite nasty. Yeah, and it, it's also cohorts of communities as well are being sort of pigeonholed from what you can see and then you know let's not say that the media always get it right but <laughs> there's there's a lot going on I think up there that's really um really isolating for some people and it's quite offensive as well in some respects it is so, and it's interesting, you know, as uh, the world was looking upon Australia and, and New Zealand and, you know, we had it right mm-hmm. and this uh, this current situation, I think the rest of the world's going, uh, no, what are you guys doing now? <laughs> like, no, this is a bit silly and, and we probably, we missed the boat on like the big change you said as well, which is something we hadn't really had a conversation about or maybe touched on lightly but was vaccination is a huge thing now that's a big difference this year and we missed the boat on um that push and that's where we fell behind yeah i think so too and i think our approach is still focusing on elimination as opposed to the other countries have gone acceptance acceptance and living with it whereas i think australia seems to still have a bit of an elimination mindset so we're still trying to get that back down to zero cases and with this new delta variant i'm not sure that that's a a realistic approach i don't know i'm not an epidemiologist but um yeah it's an interesting spin on things that you know we feel like we're back to square one almost we did all the hard yards for the last sort of 18 months yeah and that's probably like um you know i've talked to a couple of people and it's you know we were our own worst enemies in that um yeah the, the zero approach but also the um you know a lot of people and a lot of you know people i know very well educated um 
traveled, well-traveled, all that sort of thing, who had this mindset of I'll do it when I have to, I'll get the vaccination when I have to, or if I have to, and it, and it just was never going, it was always going to be this way. And that thing of, oh, maybe when I want to travel. And then for me and you, it's like, no, no, I want to get your asses into gear. I want to be on the plane. And the fact that, yeah, I was chomping at the bit. I was jealous. Like, it's the weirdest thing. I had FOMO about getting a needle in my arm. I've been jealous of my friends in the UK and the US and Europe, seeing them get their vaccinations. I truly felt jealous and I truly felt the, um, the relief and the gratitude that they had when they were getting it yeah like it did and having now had my first one and i'll get my second one in 10 days or something like i feel better about it and yes it's not you know we all know it's not foolproof and da 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 and we'll have to get it again and da da but you and i know as travelers vaccinations is part of life mm. and vaccination has not even been a question before i want to go to peru uh, or, you know, I want to go, you know, you had to have the yellow fever. I want to go to Tanzania. You're going to have to have X, Y, Z. Going to Papua New Guinea, geez. <laughs> I was meant to have Japanese influenza and yeah. blah, blah. Yeah, it's not a question. And, and I think that's going to become really difficult when they start to do the mandatory or not mandatory or in workplaces or in schools or, or for travelling, for that matter, for anything. How is that going to roll out you know there's so many people that you hear and reasonably level-headed people that are like oh I'm not going to get vaccinated I I don't think I don't think I need it I don't know what's in it all of this kind of thing how how do we then protect those people who who are vaccinated and and potentially not put at risk those who aren't either so it's going to become really tricky to be able to manage that I I think that's the that's going to be the next challenge out of this like you know getting the cases down is one thing but I think working out how do we move forward Mm. and I you know and you know listeners I'm sorry but I'm unashamedly um pro-vaccination always have been always will be and on this front when we are dealing with this level of pandemic i am very vocal and uh if you disagree that is totally okay that is you you are entitled to that but i will not hold back on my opinion on this and my true belief for that vaccination is our only way forward and i want to see my family and friends i want to see my danielle i want my cuddle i want my boogie um so um you know, give it, give it to me and get it out to as many people as possible. That's where, um, that's my position. Yeah, I agree. And look, realistically, I think we've never asked what brand of flu injection we're getting or what brand of rabies vaccine we're getting or anything like that. So I don't think, you know, the whole AstraZeneca versus Pfizer versus whatever else you might be getting stands up. Like I get that, yes, potentially there's been, some symptoms and some repercussions i suppose but that could be from a multitude of things you and i would have taken far more risks in the plane travel we've done the god oh i can't even th- you know getting in god, yeah. getting in cars with people in mexico yeah. um i don't know walking over mountains in peru i've done I mean, even taking Finn on a treetop walk the other day, and I got—I was like, "Oh, this is this is probably a bit precarious." 
to have a child strapped to me. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah, I'm sure that was probably more risky than getting a vaccination. Um, but you know, it, this is where the media and things comes in, but, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, you know, I did have this conversation recently with Darius and it was just interesting, the terminology that we're using, the types of discussions that we're having, like, could, you could not have imagined this sort of oh conversation back in April last year. I was having a bit of a reflection moment on the weekend and I thought about it and I thought, the thought that before I go to the supermarket and I grab my keys and my wallet and my phone that I would also have to grab a mask yep go to the supermarket you know it's and to check your kilometers you know like I said you know calling a place to say am I allowed to come yeah you know or is that you know what are you open or you know I did have a little um snippet someone the other day because their cafe you know the hours on the goo on the google said this time and they were all shutting and it's because they're not as busy and i was like well maybe update your stuff because you know like come out you know i totally respect that you change things but you know update it people are you know we're going to figure out what's going on and okay. communicate that <laughs> so and a little think, bit of my frustration coming out but one of the biggest things i think out of all of this is the importance of communication whether that's you know social communication between people and friends and family or whether it's communicating legal information or restrictions or whatever it is that seems to be the crux to everything like where the frustration lies is when everyone's like, oh, is there an announcement? Is there a non-announcement? Is lockdown being extended? Set yourself a time and do the press conference at the same time every day so people know that you're not kind of having to listen in and, and or hear it third hand or someone texts someone and goes, oh, the press conference is on now. Or, you know, the, the importance of really good, high-quality communication, I think this is a perfect example of when it's, at its best, it all works really well. And we saw that early on as well, probably mm, April or May last year. Like, uh, I don't know, we might have even talked about it, like how every single business you'd ever interacted with in the history of the universe started to email you, letting you know what was happening with COVID. And you're like, I don't want to hear from you, cafe, that I attended once ever in said town uh, but, you know, some businesses, you know, including Qantas, you know, I, my friend sent me, passed on an email that had a really great email that was really like, yes, I do want to hear from you. Or like our wedding photographer who, you know, yes, we already have a deposit paid with you. I want to know what you have to say. But it was just this over a few days, just every business decided they needed to have a say. <laughs> um, and so funnily enough, being in the industry that I'm in, which is communications, um, you know, it had that little bit of like, oh, like, what am I going to do? And it was like, oh, wait, we're actually really valuable right now, us writers and communicators and, um, you know, policymakers and all those sorts of people have become, you know, really like that's important and people have had to up their game on that. So hopefully that has helped. Um, yeah. And people have seen the value of, um, you know, you said before working, uh, we, before we started recording, but um you know, working from home and that used to be a real fight for me, like having to try and get people to understand that I could actually do my job from anywhere and I run a business from my house and I actually used to be unique. Now I'm like, oh, everyone stole my jam. Everyone's doing what I do now. But, you know, that it's possible and that you can still do a good job and that we have proven it's been, you know, nearly 18 months that 
we can still operate. Yeah. And funnily enough, it's actually been a positive for my my real job um, in that, you know, to raise the profile of us, we support businesses in our local government perspective, that people actually need us. They, they recognise that, oh, you guys are kind of a bit of a font of information. We need to connect with you. Whereas before we were a bit of a nice to have, now we're pretty critical. So kind of been That's real good. positive for us in that work sense um look, there's a, a lot of things where we can't persist either because of course everyone wants cash um, <laughs> <that's>, <laughs> we all <laughs> we have a money tree i'm working on it i'm working yep. but, please um, do but yeah it's been it's actually been a, a positive so you know there are there are good things to come out of out of the situation that's for sure and tell me, like we did, we, a positive for you was despite 6.0 lockdown, you did get to escape for a little while. Just tell us, I mean, please head on over to at Possum Ruby on Instagram, get to see some amazing photos, but like tell us a little bit about what your your yeah, freedom so was like. <laughs> it's actually hilarious. Well, not hilarious, but lucky. Um, and uh, on the day of lockdown 4.0, I was actually on a flight to Tasmania to write an article um, and I, damned I was getting on that plane <laughs> to go to Tassie. So um, I was on the plane. I made it into Tasmania before the lockdown at 2 o'clock that day. I landed at like 11 o'clock in the morning. Mm. And when Victoria went into um, lockdown, I decided that I wasn't going to return to Melbourne um, until it was hopefully cleared up because further down the track I had a trip to the Northern Territory in Western Australia already pre-booked with my friend who I was really, really looking forward to. I hadn't had a, a holiday a break from work for 18 months. And so I was super keen and so determined that I was going to have this trip. So I ended up staying in Tasmania for two weeks while the lockdown went on in in Melbourne. And I'd only had a carry-on with like a couple of jumpers and a pair of jeans and a scarf. <laughs> so that was an interesting two weeks. Lucky yeah. I was in a fabulous Airbnb where I had a laundry so I could wash my clothes. Um and then looking at the restrictions, if I was to go back to Melbourne, I wouldn't have been able to get into the Northern Territory because of the restrictions there. So anyone entering from Victoria would have had to do two weeks quarantine in Howard Springs for $2,500. So lucky for me, my family live in South Australia. Yep. So I went straight from Tassie to uh, Adelaide to South Australia and I also lucky slash unlucky maybe had my work computer with me so I worked remotely all the way along so the two weeks in Tasmania and then two and a half weeks in South Australia I worked remotely and Victoria was still in lockdown so it worked really well and then I was uh, fine because I hadn't been in any red zones I was able to then go from South Australia to the Northern Territory and have my holiday, which was um, two and a half weeks. The day that I flew into the Northern Territory was the day that they went into lockdown. And luckily by about four hours, I had missed that lockdown as well and was well on my way to the WA border on the most amazing road trip. Um, yeah, so it was, it was a pretty epic adventure. I was away in the end for um, seven weeks. 
Amazing. Um, I left everything. My friend had to come and clean out my fridge in my house because I just left everything. I had yeah. to re- purchased stuff for my trip and got people to send me bits and pieces and cobbled together a bit of a kit for my outback adventure, but it was the best thing. But um, in saying that, when I came home, I think I had probably the worst case of holiday blues I've ever had because I landed back in Melbourne just in time for lockdown 5.0. Yeah. 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 It's like, yeah, a blessing and a curse, isn't it? Freedom was a bit. (laughs) Give me more. Yes. Yes. And yeah, uh, yeah, no, it is just roll of the dice at the moment and timings. And uh, no, I'm so glad that you had that. It looked incredible. And um, oh, yes, you'll have to. uh, We will. Oh, you'll you'll have heard Danielle on our Victoria episode and I think she's also going to contribute a little bit to our South Australia episode and you'll have to contribute a little bit oh we've already had Western Australia but uh, maybe you can contribute a voice memo to the Northern Territory as well okay being everywhere five states I covered in COVID time which is pretty unheard of yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I know you're talking about. No testing required. Ah, oh, incredible. So, uh, well, I, I hope that we're not doing this call next year, but, uh, you know, maybe put it in the diary. April, we'll go back to the April, April 2022. Let's see what the world looks like. And I think we used to say post-COVID, but I think people are now just, you know, with COVID. Yeah, it just it will be there, and it will just become like we don't talk about the flu, and we'll just hopefully be like the flu, and it's just one of those things that happens. COVID normal is what it's dubbed. Down oh here. God, <laughs> not another term! I keep saying the P word. I don't say the, the word, and then I'm like, you know, I should say the word from Friends that is P. It's like the V word from Harry Potter. We'll just like yeah. start having. Yeah, you have to have code. So, yeah. um, the Q word and the P word and the the N word, the mm. NN, that's the worst yeah. one. Well, let's hope that we can be talking about being out of this and being a little bit more free and hopefully more travels. Maybe with an international flight booked or something like that. Yeah, Good, just, geez, Louise. Oh, do you know what? I would really love to be doing this call from New Zealand next April. Okay, there you go. Challenge accepted. Yep. I was going to say, oh, and, you know, I was going to say we'll have to do, if, you know, when one of us gets to be in the same room as each other, we'll have to do a little voice memo uh, to be like, we did it. We're together. Listen to our hug. <laughs> Thank what? you for being such a – sorry. I've made a social distance. <laughs> no, I'm getting right in there. Don't you worry about that. You get a squeeze of your life. Yeah. Um, Yes, thank you for being such a loyal contributor to the podcast and a loyal listener. And uh, we'll see you on another episode soon, no doubt. Look forward to it. Thank you. And now, take a trip down memory lane for COVID Conversation in March 2020. Who are you? How do we know each other? Who are you? How do we know each other? How do we know each other? Oh, my goodness. Um, gee, was it four years ago, I think, we met on the Gold Coast at a uh, conference, a bloggers conference, and um, connected there. And ever since, we've been in touch. 
and we had an amazing trip to India earlier or last year. I was nearly going to say this year. My goodness, time flies when you're having fun. And um, ever since, yeah, we've been connected. We've got so much in common. We've worked together. We've played together. And, yeah, the, the love affair continues. I bet you. Well, I might, I'll point out that Danielle and I were sort of really connected at the World Vision Australia Blogger Conference. I was being the MC as well as a fellow blogger and Danielle came up and, you know, sort of said, could we touch base and, you know, just sort of bounce ideas off each other and I think I'm a few years ahead in blogging and stuff. But mm-hmm. Danielle's got an amazing blog, Poss and Ruby, The Adventures of Poss and Ruby. And so, yeah, I've just seen that grow and grow and grow. So the funny, not funny thing at the moment, you are based in Melbourne, Victoria, Australia, but you and I are avid travellers and had, as always, lots of plans and now we have zero plans. I still have the plans. I just don't have the bookings. (laughs) Yeah, well, yeah, true. So what's, how do you feel? How do you, how do you feel? How do I feel? I'm devastated. Um, Travel is my passion. It's kind of my life. I don't work to live. I work to travel. So I'm kind of finding like like I feel like I've just been, all my pleasure and joy has kind of been taken away because, you know, that's what I live for. I work towards a goal of my next trip and my next trip was to be into Laos, a country I've never been to before in only a few weeks now but um, earlier on before, you know, I guess the crisis really became a crisis. Um, I was adamant that I was going to go and all along I was going to go, I was going to go and all of a sudden now I actually can't go even if I wanted to. So I'm kind of devastated. And then all my family are interstate. So for Easter, I was going to my mum's in Mount Gambier. I fly there because it's a six and a half hour drive. I now can't go there. And the borders are closed to South Australia, which is only the state next door. Yet I can't go there. My next trip was booked to Uluru. I'm looking at June, probably not going to be able to go there. So yeah, it's it's really, really tough. I'm I am a bit heartbroken about it all and I'm at a bit of a loose end kind of going that that's what I do. So I'm just trying to, you know, cherish the memories and do a lot of research for what will hopefully be lots of trips in the future. Which you're very good at. You're excellent at travel research. But I mean have you had the experience that I've had because we travel so much and because you do so much, like even you do weekend trips around Victoria and things like that, have you had any excitement that like, you're like, oh, this is the time I could be at home and catch up on all those photos and all those blogs and all that stuff that I say, I'm going to do that one day. Have you had that? Definitely, yeah, yeah. That's that's what's probably getting me through. I'm going, I can write that article, I can get those photos, I can edit photos, I need new images for my website so I can do those and have time to edit them and do them properly. I'm going to look at a revamp for my website as well in this time so that, you know, on the other end I can come out all shiny and new, um, a nice refresh. Um, I'm really going to focus on engaging with my audience over this time as well because they're all in the same boat. 
um, they can't travel. So hopefully I can fill that gap by sharing my stories and images with them and inspiring their travel dreams. So, yeah, I, I am kind of grasping onto my my last chance of, of you know, reliving and, and capturing those travel experiences that I have had. Yeah, because, like, I mean, it's so hard right now and it's obviously disappointing and, and it's gutting to have to cancel trips. I mean, Matt and I had a seven-week honeymoon planned for September, October, and we just, mm. I mean, he was stressing because he's blocked out that leave, which meant he had no leave for now. The fact that, you know, his work is closed and he has a lot less work. And I said to him, just everything has to pause. The plans yeah. are out the window and just get the annual leave back. But come September, October, we hope that things are moving again. Um, new goal is 100% just my, my number one, my hopes, three hopes. I've got three goals travel-wise. Number one, 1st of August, I hope that you can all come to the Gold Coast, my darling, <laughs> to party with us for our I'm party. I'm coming. She's coming regardless. Um, I'm booked. And look, my dad said to me today that might be the time where we're just easing back into normality, maybe hopefully before, mm -hmm. but maybe then. Like what a great way to celebrate, you know, being together again. So, you know, fingers crossed for 1st of August. The second date is our beautiful friend's uh are getting married in Slovakia. I hope that it can go ahead and we'd love to go to that in September. And the third goal mm -hmm. is um, to go and see my grandmother for her 90th um, in October in England. So I should say, you know, Gold Coast, Slovakia uh, in England and it's part of that, that goal. The minimum, the absolute minimum now is to go to England for my granny's 90th and on the way home come and uh, go via the US and see my cousin in Chicago but you know we don't know and I'm not being no. pessimistic but we have to be realistic that this could last I mean minimum a month maybe three months maybe six months to recover that's you know just preparing for that so that we're not yeah. again disappointed and again disappointed that's and right plans and pushing our plans and pushing our plans Mm -hmm. I've kind of taken that perspective on the trips that I can postpone is almost postponing them as long as I potentially can because the heartbreak of going, oh, well, I'll go in September, rebooking for September, September rolls around and then all of a sudden you've got to go, oh, well, I still can't go. You've got to cancel all again and postpone all again. It's almost like the, the pain and the hurt happens all over again. <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah, I'm looking at basically this trip that I have for April, pushing out to next April. So, that, yeah, that's just the reality of it. But, you know, it gives me the opportunity to save for more, save more leave. And, yeah, look, yeah, look how exciting. This year I actually purchased an extra leave. We're lucky our job allows us to do that. But that leave actually has to be used within the 12-month period. So if things don't change, and I'm not one who likes to have holidays at home either, so if things don't change, <laughs> I might be having to uh, have a sneaky road trip somewhere and yeah. um, use up those at least two weeks of that leave so I don't lose it because if you don't use it, you lose it. And we just don't know, do we? I mean, 
I think yeah. the more quickly we can take this lockdown seriously and that's what I mean I got a message from the UK today from a friend and she's like it is this serious it is this real mm. please learn from us please do it quicker the quicker you do it the quicker everybody abides by it the quicker we move on um that's it and so let's hope that you know Australia is getting a wake-up call and we are fortunate to be funnily enough we're ahead in time but we're backwards in some other things and we yeah. have the, we have the benefit of space and we have the benefit of those very clear big state borders and we have the benefit of the fact that we're an island and we've said you know no more people coming in but they are really benefits at this stage whereas Europe you know where is the border is there but you know I mean you yeah, his houses are on on two country borders. You know, it's it's really it's, hard. So yeah, it's quite challenging. And the density, we don't have the density. So mm. fingers crossed. I'm going to fly through. I mean, I would ask you what's happening um, in your area, <laughs> but that happens. What's the hour? What's the time? The dad says the announcement's actually meant to be on the news now about nine o'clock. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, what's so, the general vibe well, in where you are in Melbourne and I guess in Victoria? Yeah, I'm in the northern suburbs in Melbourne and we have a large population of migrants from after the Second World War. So we have an older community in our area and I think visibly from what I've seen over the last couple of weeks, it's sort of taken a little bit for people to understand the seriousness of it. But once that kicked in, the panic was pretty horrific. Um, but people are protecting a lot of those elderly communities as well. They're very strong and valued in our area. Um, we also have a, a big arts community as well. So that's being affected and a hospitality industry that's booming, well, was booming prior to COVID-19. Um, so a lot of people in the area are losing their jobs. A lot of the, the culture and the atmosphere of the area has effectively died overnight because that's what the area kind of lives for and, and lives on. Um, so that's been a big noticeable difference. Um, in Melbourne, I think there is a generation that aren't quite getting it. Um, but I think the messaging is getting stronger and firmer and and hopefully people will start to understand the seriousness of it and start to abide by the rules because otherwise it is going to get out of hand and we're going to see ourselves in a really, really troubling situation. But in the rest of the state, the, the borders closing has been really interesting um, because with all my family interstate, my grandma's 92 and she just lives an hour outside of Melbourne in a country town. But, of course, her children all live interstate. And with the borders closing, that, I guess, panicked them because they, in their mind, normally are a day's drive from my grandma's house. Now they actually can't get to her so she's home alone 92 luckily I'm close by and I can take care of her um, but you know in their minds that was quite a stressful decision do they come over and end up staying for indefinite period what does that mean for their work what does that mean for their home all of that kind of stuff and that was really forced upon us on Sunday night 
So we were sort of doing that family call going, oh, what's going on? Who's going to do what? Uh, how is that all going to happen? And so that was pretty like stressful. Sunday, Sunday for a lot of people um, has been the meltdown day in Australia. Mm. I, I had a couple of meltdowns, had to leave work early because I was crying uh, because, well, I, I cried on fr uh, Saturday because I heard the Australian borders was clo were closing. And I've heard that before. I'm not, like, I don't know if you saw, but because um, I lived through Mexico, a swine flu in Mexico, and the thing that got me that made it, like, it was already serious, but what made it serious was they said Las Fronteras, uh, sort of cerrados, like they're going to close the borders. And that was like, oh, and that was my decision to get out. So I left Mexico right. at that point. And when I heard Australian borders are closed and then later or the next day to hear state borders are closed and I had the same thing. My, my dad and my brother and my mum, my dad and my brother in Sydney, my mum's in Orange. I can't see them now. Um, mm. My in Melbourne has had to drive 18 hours to get more, more to get back in time because the planes yeah. all were yeah, stopped. They're not flying. And then, um, you know, my in-laws, uh, similar situation, 92-year-old 90, Matt's 92-year-old nan is in hospital at the moment mm. and they would have been stuck away from her so they made the decision to get stuck in Victoria. So they've driven mm. down in time that they are now, they're now there so that they're nearby. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. you know, I, I totally agree with it. I totally agree with it. But it, it is, oh yeah, I agree. I agree. I'm the same. I agree with that. I think it's a, it's another step that just needs to happen. You know, it's not perfect for anyone, but it just has to happen. Yeah, and you just got to figure out your decisions. So, um, yeah. I'm going to ask you two more things. So, mm -hmm. like, what about work? What's your work like? What do you do for work? And what's like? Is it BAU or is it? what's sort of a day like for you? Yeah, um, I work for local government in economic development and tourism. So <laughs> two industries that are being hit very hard at the moment. Um, we've, as of last Wednesday, we've all been sent to work from home um, where possible. There's essential staff sort of only on the premises. And as of tomorrow, there will be maybe five people in our office building when there's probably usually almost um, 200. So that's a big, big shift. Um, we're doing a whole range of things at the moment, juggling sort of cancellations of programming that we had already done. So major events, public facing events to small business events, workshops doing cancellations, but then also looking at how we can still deliver to business. So we're reintroducing online stuff. We're doing Zoom interviews and mentoring. We're doing a whole range of things to help our business community, weekly emergency news, all of that sort of crisis management stuff is sort of put into place, as well as some of our BAU stuff as well. Our um, economic development strategy, for example, is going through the process of um, ending community consultation and then going through council. So we still have to do all the reports and briefings and everything that has to go to council. And so that's really interesting. Um, I'm actually invigorated by that though. I think it's forcing us to look at things a little bit differently and a bit more strategically. And as a creative thinker, it really sits in my, in my space. I just kind of go, yeah, but we could do this and we could do that. And what about this? And there's options for that. And so I'm kind of as, as 
terrible and tragic as this whole crisis is, I think there's some good things that are going to come out of it. Oh, 100%. I'm so excited as a freelancer, as somebody who works from mm. home, like you are in my office full time. Yeah. Um, I'm so excited and I hope, I hope that we don't go back to the way it was because, uh, mm. you know, this whole work-life balance thing, I don't think that's really been in place. And although there is a bit of work from home, it's, all, it's still been very much the, like the office. And I don't think that mm. offices are redundant. I think offices certainly have a place and there will always be people who prefer to and get their energy from other people and want to be around mm -hmm. people. It's just that we won't have to do that. And for the people like myself who are so much more productive at home and can still feel so connected, this is how I work. I have meetings like yeah. three or four times a day. I deliver all my services to my clients on Zoom. I had a client. I have clients in Brunei, Melbourne, Sydney, the UK. This is how we work, and I mean, I feel like you know, I would love to give you a hug, but I feel like it's so nice to see your face, and it's so nice to hear your voice. So, I hope that this can some industries and some businesses and organisations can carry this forward and realise that work from home can still be extremely productive. And beneficial yeah, it's really interesting too you know people are like oh yeah you work from home you know we understand a production is gonna productivity is gonna decrease and I'm like there's not enough hours in the day for me I've got so much work to do but I'm also so motivated and inspired that I'm coming up with a million ideas and going oh yeah we must do that and I'm researching things and I'm doing so I'm, I'm actually not, you know, and I've worked from home in the past in my roles as well. So I still have my office and I get up in the morning and I go for my morning walk and I shower and get dressed and come to the office and have my 10.30 morning tea and have my one o'clock lunch break. And, you you know, it's, whereas other people like, you know, I do work, I mean, what's the time? I mean, I mean, this is half work, half not, but I do work at this time because that's what suits my hmm. And I can do that because this is my office. This is the commute. And, yeah. I mean, it's um, yeah, it will be interesting to see what, what the productivity is like. And, like, yes, I thought, oh, everybody's at home. Everybody's going to be contactable. Well, yesterday everybody was too busy for me. Everybody's mm -hmm. working. And it's yeah. like, hello, businesses, your, your staff are working. They're working their butts off. Actually, they're probably working more because they didn't do the commute. Um, yep. You know, we need to make sure that people aren't doing too many hours. Like you, you've still got to have some life. Um, so having your routine of going for a walk or going out for a workout or having dinner with your family, wherever you are, whatever you do. Um, mm. But it can work. And I, that yeah. there are pros. It, it is a terrible, terrible, serious situation. But I think there's some we can learn a lot and get some really nice pros out of it. Oh, for sure. I've got a perfect example. Our planning department has been paper-based. Paper-based, like it's 2020, paper-based. Yeah. Overnight they went digital. Overnight, can you believe that? Like I don't even know how long they're probably trying to go digital. It's probably at least the last 10 years. And it's obviously just gotten caught up in red tape and systems and whatever it might be. Across this forces your hand to change 
and they changed overnight. And so the customer gets a better experience now. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's just... We'll thank... I mean, Mother Nature is breathing a sigh of relief at the moment. Oh, completely. You know, we can reduce traffic by people... By some people, I'm not saying all people, and I'm not saying it's possible for all industries. No way am I saying that. But it is certainly possible for the people who work in offices to work at home <laughs> even two or three days a week to, or even different hours to reduce that time. Like I just think there's so many and, like, you know, yeah, let's cut paper because. I don't know. Oh, that's, yeah, I love that. Yeah. 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 I know. Yay, good news. Yep, Nilimbic's gone paper-based, so it's exciting. No longer paper-based. But um, what's your Instagram handle and what's your website? My Instagram handle is at POS and Ruby and my website is posandruby.com.au. So follow me and my little car, my red Ruby, Ruby 2, and we go on adventures all around Australia and also overseas. She doesn't get to come overseas, so she gets to stay in the garage when I go overseas. But, yeah, we, we do what I call handcrafted experiences, authentic travel experiences that are sort of handmade by me, I guess. I pick what I believe is the best of, of everywhere and cobble it together into an amazing experience and share it with everyone. I can second that because I have travelled with you and I look forward to many, many more. I have 100, wait, where are I? 137. I have 137 countries that I need to visit by the time I'm 40, so we've got seven and a half years. Help. I'm in. (laughs) We're going to catch up next year with 40 countries. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah, we can do it. All right. I'm so grateful. Do it. Have a good night. My pleasure. You too. Thanks for listening, everyone. Um, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Um, Already looking forward to the next one. Uh, We also have a rather extensive back catalogue for you to check out. Um, But in the meantime, you can uh, follow us on Instagram. That's at Lovely Travels on Instagram. Or you can come and check us out on Facebook, Lovely Travels. That's L-O-V-E-L-L-Y. Or we would love for you to join our Facebook community uh, with more than 500 members talking all things travel and adventure. That's the Lovely Travels community. You can also visit our website, which is lovelytravels.com. Or shoot us an email. We love hearing from our listeners. So please send us an email, feedback, comments, questions, whatever. Info at lovelytravels.com. And you can listen, review, subscribe, like, share, and promote our podcast in any shape, way, or form. Uh, We are on Spotify, iTunes, the internet, uh, Google Podcasts, everywhere where you get podcasts, you will find us. All good podcasting locations. So tune in next time, guys. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you then. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.